tonight. Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go back over what we went over last week, and I pray what we went over last week has helped someone, amen? I don't know about you, but it has helped me, and it gets gooder and gooder, as they say, better and better. We're talking about church government. We talked about what church government is, which is the group of people who control and make decisions for a country or state. A group of people who control and make decisions for a country or state. Now, I want to talk about how government is God-ordained. So we have to remember that, that on these jobs and the things that takes place without government we have to understand it's God ordained and we went over Romans 13 verse 1 through 8 and I'm gonna go over that again a little and that's coming out the expanded Bible where it says all of you must yield obey submit be subject to the government rulers authorities because for no one rules there is no authority unless God has given him the power to rule, except by, through God. And no one rules now without that power from God. Those that exist are appointed, established by God. So we have established that people that are in authority over us, this is um, the way God intended for it to be. We have to understand that some things we do not like when it comes to people being in authority over us but this is the way God has set it up so when we go into the word of God and we see what God is saying unto us then we supposed to follow his word his command when you follow what God is saying you will not go wrong and as I've been going over these teachings y'all I have sat there and said Lord I repent because sometimes we can get out of line when it comes to the government We can get out of line when it comes to the president. We get out of line when it comes to those that are in authority. Like I said, we may not like what they're doing, but it is what it is. And we have to respect and honor those that are in authority, even when we don't feel like it. It don't matter what the color of the person is. We do what the word of God tell us to do. Why? Because we are citizens of the kingdom. We go by the way God want to do things and not the way we think it need to be done. I have learned that some things may not seem to be right to me. The way people may do things, we think sometimes it should be done this way. But it's always a reason why things happen. And if we don't understand where that person is coming from, we can disrespect the one that God has put in authority. Because we don't know which way they're going which way they're coming from, we just think that is downright stupid. Now, I can't agree that some people who do certain things, it just don't make no sense. I'm going to say it like my granddaughter. That just don't make sense. So we have to, even though it does not make sense to us, we have to go by what the Word of God is saying. If you go by what the Word of God is saying, God is going to take care of what does not line up. But I can assure you, If you are part of the kingdom and you're born again, whichever way they want to bring it, God got us. This is what we got to remember. It don't matter which way they come, y'all. This is why God is teaching us and teaching y'all the patterns, God's way of doing things, because man has gotten out of the way 
of the way God wants things to be done. And remember, um, we talked about in Proverbs 14, it says, the way of man seems right unto him, but it leads to death. Some things may seem right unto us, but it's not God's way of doing. Sometimes we think we have peace in what we're doing, but it may not be the kind of peace God wants us to have. So this is why we have to use the word of God as our guide and wait on the Lord and say, Lord, this is how I feel about it. But God, tell me what your word has to say about it. So as long as we honor his word, we're honoring him outside of how you feel. We have to get over how we feel and do what the word of God tell us to do. Because when you're over, when somebody is over you, that's so disrespectful, so arrogant, so mean, your flesh will have to die. Our flesh have to die. And they will kill it for sure. Because this is what happens when we know who we are. We don't allow people that are in authority to put us in a place that we're not in. We are kingdom citizens and no matter what job you on, even dealing with the church, no matter where you are, you honor those that have authority, that have rule over you. You respect them and this is what Romans is saying. And in verse 2 it says, so those who are against the government, rebel, resist the authority, are really against resisting, opposing what God has commanded, ordained, or instituted. And they will bring punishment, judgment on themselves. For those who do right, good, do not have to fear the rulers. Only those who do wrong, evil, fear them. Do you want to be unafraid of the ruler's authority? Then do what is right, good, and they will praise, commend you. The ruler is God's servant to help you for your good. But if you do wrong, then be afraid. He has the power to punish for he does not bear the sword in vain. He's God's servant to punish and avenger for God's wrath to those who do wrong. So you must yield, submit, be subject to the government, not only because you might be punished of wrath, but because you know it is right of your conscience. This is also why you pay taxes. I'm going to get to that part. But the word speaks for itself. We do what the word is telling us to do. And if we do right, right's going to follow us, y'all. We And see, some people think they can do anything and not be punished for it. This is why they have laws. We have laws to go by. If you run a stop sign, why do you think you're not going to get a ticket? Now, if you know that you're supposed to stop and you just went through that stop sign just because you could, okay, okay, I'm going to get a ticket because that's the law. But if your intentions was not to do that and your heart is right, when that... Um, police officer come up to you and you know that your heart is right and if he say did you know you ran the stop sign I didn't run it intentionally I'm so sorry I really didn't see that stop sign immediately the power of God will touch that police officer and say you know what I'm just going to give you a warning be safe just just watch for these stop signs but if he come up to you and he say okay did you know you run? how you know I ran a stop sign who are you to tell me I ran a stop sign? Do you see that stop sign behind that tree? Now you're ignorant because you did see it. It was behind the tree. <laughs> this is what we do. When we know that we're wrong, just say you're wrong. That's humbling yourself. And then sometime, y'all, and I'm putting this out there, you know how you'll roll up on a stop sign and you don't come to a complete stop, but you say you stopped, the car's still moving. And you say, I did stop. <laughs> no, you didn't. 
Because we all do it. We don't come to a complete stop. We think that we have stopped, but the car has to be still. And then we fuss at them and say, I did stop. You know I did stop. But that's not what we do. Those officers have rule over us. And we're supposed to respect them even when they're wrong and we know we're right. We're supposed to humble ourselves because there's people out there that have disrespected authority so much that authority have put themselves in a position that they're ready to fight. One person can mess up everybody. And this is why we have to know how to answer even when we get stopped. We got to know what to do and how to do it. And that's why we have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. So we have to honor those and respect those that are in authority. The Bible says when we don't honor those that are in authority, we're opposing God. Isn't that something? And some people say, what God got to do with this? His word tells you that. His word tells you this is what you're supposed to do. Then it goes into paying taxes. This is also why you pay taxes. Because rulers are working for God, God's servants, ministers, and give their time to devote themselves to their work. Pay everyone. Y'all, let's just work on this. Pay everyone what you owe them. Y'all, how can the Bible tell us that? Because it's true. It says, pay everyone what you owe them. Taxes to those you owe taxes. Fees, tolls to those you owe fees and tolls. Respect, reverence, fear to those you owe respect. Reverence, fear, and honor to those you owe honor. So he's wrapping it all up. He said, even with your taxes, anybody that you owe, what is the Bible saying? Pay them. And guess what? God will work with you to pay them. But if your heart is wrong, thinking that you can go sign a contract or you can get a car and don't pay taxes, you think that they are not going to take the tags off those cars or do stuff where you cannot use those cars. And some people drive without insurance, don't pay their taxes, don't get their car inspected and praying every morning. Please, God, you know, I need a way to work. Don't let them catch me. That's out of line with the word of God. Why are you praying that foolishness with God and you know you out of line? Well, Lord, you say if a man don't work, he don't eat. If I don't have a car to go to work with, then nobody's eating up in here. So, Lord, you know my heart. I'm just going to move on about my father's business. That is not your father's business. (laughs) This is what we do. And we think it's, it's right. We think it's fair. So when the cops stop you with... Out of, you know, your tags is out and you knew them tags was out and you knew when those tags was due, but you preferred to go do this, go get you a steak, then put that money on them tags and you driving around with a car that's passed due. But then we ask God, why everything happened to me? Why not you? You putting it out there for yourself. And then I love this part because we use this all the time. Do not owe people anything except always owe love to each other because the person who loves others has obeyed and fulfilled the law. Love covers it all. When you love one another, first of all, you cannot love anybody without the love of God. So when you go into the word and you do what the word is doing, you ain't going to have a problem with loving nobody because you submitting to God, you submitting to his word. So if any police officer or anybody come in your face and be cutting up and acting up, when you humble yourself, even though they know that they wrong, but you humble yourself, they'll back down. 
And this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to humble ourselves. And when we do that, the Bible says, if you humble yourself up under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you when? In due season. In your due season. So that's telling you that God has put these governments in place. He has put authority figures in place. And we're supposed to honor them. And we're supposed to reverence them. And it's not for us to say what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing. It is for us to be up under them and say, whatever you have me to do, I will do. And God will protect you for that. So we look at um, Matthew 22, 17 through 21. It's talking about how Caesar um, picture was on a coin and they was trying to set Jesus up. But Jesus said, you know, if his picture is on that coin, then he's saying you honor Caesar with what belongs to Caesar and you honor God with what belongs to God. So even Jesus was telling them your taxes have to be paid. You have to pay taxes. This is the law of the land. So we want to obey those that are um, collecting those taxes. And I'm going to give you some examples in the word of God. When things in our lives may look so difficult, when we are in positions with people that are not serving God, we're still supposed to obey them. Isn't that something? They're not serving God. They're not believers, but we're still supposed to obey them. In the book of Daniel, we went over this in Daniel, the first chapter. You remember when Daniel and them come in on the scene, they were in Babylon and they, they were serving that king over there and they wanted them to eat their food. But Daniel knew that was against what he believed. So what Daniel did, Daniel requested. That means Daniel asked if he could not be able to eat the food. He didn't go up in there and say, look at here. I'm not eating that mess. What we do. What we do. We fuss out our boss and say, do it yourself. If you think I'm going to do that, I'm saved. Yeah, I'm saved. I'm a woman of the cloth. I'm a man of God. Quit throwing those cards. Because, see, you don't know your Bible. Because if you know your Bible, you're going to have to be meek. You're going to have to be humble. The Bible said that Daniel requested. That means he asked it. He asked him if he could, you know, be separated from that. Because he knew that was not his belief. And guess what? Being that Daniel humbled himself in front of the one that had authority, God gave him favor. That's how that worked. God will give you some favor because when you're honoring God, God's going to honor you in front of people. And God gave them favor so they would not eat from that king's table. They didn't eat the meat. They were eating vegetables. And, and it showed that Daniel and them looked better than the ones that was gorging out those 10 days. See, when we put God ahead of everything, but in putting God ahead of everything, we got to show respect to those that's over us. I get so tired of people using God to think that they ain't going to let me do it because I'm saved. Don't worry like that. You just submit yourself to God by honoring those that are in authority. God know your heart and you ask just like Daniel. And when Daniel asked them that, they gave Daniel based on where his heart was. So when your heart is in the right place, God is going to take care of his own. So another scripture that God was giving me dealing with that and honoring those that are in authority. Go with me to 1 Peter 2, 13 through 24. 1 Peter 2, 13 through 24. 
It says, I'm reading out the expanded again. For the Lord's sake. Y'all hear what this says? For whose sake? Yield, submit, be subject to the people who have authority in this world. Or even human institution, creation. The king or emperor who is the highest supreme authority. And the leaders, governors who are sent, commissioned by him to punish those who do wrong and to praise those who do right. For because it is God's desire, the will of God, that by doing good, you should stop foolish people from saying stupid things about you. Silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as an excuse, a cover-up, to do evil. Live as servants. Of God, slaves of God, show respect for, honor all people, love the brothers and sisters of God's family, family, community of believers, respect, fear God, honor the king, follow Christ's example. So Peter is saying the same thing, y'all. We're supposed to submit, we're supposed to yield to those that are in authority. By us doing this, they're going to know who we serve. They're going to know that God is our masters, master, that we are slaves of God. So when we do this, they're going to know who we're serving. Verse 18, slave servants, the term refers to household slaves. That means us. Yield, submit, be subject, put the other person's interest first to the authority of your masters with all respect and fear. Not only those who are good and kind, I like this one. Not only those who are good and kind and gentle and considerate, but also those who are dishonest, Cruel and crooked. Y'all tell me. Is this for real? Let me go back. Let, Let me go back. Not only those who are good and kind and gentle and considerate. Who wouldn't want to work for somebody like that, Julia? That's good and kind and considerate and yes, baby. Yes, son. Do it this way, baby. And then it says, but also for those who are dishonest. Cruel, crooked, a person might have to suffer even when it is unfair and unjust. But if through awareness of God or because of his God-given conscience, he endures the pain and grief. Y'all, this is the word. Even if they're being unfair to you on your job. Even if the person is cruel to you, dishonest or crooked. The Bible tells you that you suffer even when it's unfair. I don't know about you. I wouldn't want to suffer, would you? But when we suffer, even when a person is unfair, who do they see? They don't see you. You're not going to go on no job, I don't care how safe a person is, that they don't get frustrated. I say it like Sister Nice, frustrated sometimes. People get that way. I don't care, save and unsave. But we're supposed to be who we are in him regardless of who they are. And they know who we are by where we've been. And some Christians think because they're saved and they own these jobs that nobody going to push me around. I'm a woman of God. I'm a man of God. You ain't going to push me around. You ain't no man and woman of God because if you were, you would humble yourself. You would get so low. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. 
lips might be quivering because you're ready to break down and cry. But you're going to do it. And then you're going to go in that bathroom and be that woman and man of God that you are and lift up your hands and say, Father, I can't take it. But I know that you're here and I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Lord, I need some of that right now because I'm about to explode. I'm ready to quit. But God, I remember what you said through First Peter, the second chapter. And I remember what you said through Romans 13. God, because I remember your word, I'm doing all to stand and I'm going to stand with the help of the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden you feel empowered. Because you're taking on him and not yourself. See, you're going to get tried on these jobs. You're going to get tried. Because the enemy is going to try you no matter at home, on the jobs, no matter where you are. You're going to get tried to see if you are who you say you are in Christ. Y'all, we are in an evil world. People may smile. People may treat you nice on Monday, but come Tuesday, you're like, who in the world is that? That ain't the same person I met on Monday. Who is that? That's the devil. That's who it is. (laughs) But you should know these things because you don't fight against flesh and blood. Your fight is not against flesh and blood. It is against principalities, powers of darkness, powers of of darkness and powers of what wickedness in high places. This is what we fight against. So you can't look at your boss like, well, yesterday they bought my lunch and now today they cursed at me. You better know what the word is saying. When you read the word of God and these things pop up, you can rejoice. Because God already forewarned you through the word. So then it goes on to say, verse 20, if you are beaten for doing wrong, there is no reason To praise you. If you are beaten for doing wrong, there is no reason to praise you. What credit honor is that for you? For being patient in your punishment, enduring it. But if you suffer for doing good and you are patient and endure it, then God is pleased. This is commendable to God. This is favor, credit, and grace from God. This is what you were called to do because Christ suffered for you and gave you, leaving you an example to follow. So should you do as he did. Follow his footsteps. You know what? Some people say, no, I ain't Jesus. I haven't got there yet. So they're saying what Peter is saying. We're going to suffer. We're going to go through. And we're not doing anything but follow, following his footsteps. This is why when he get to 22, it explains what he went through. It said he had never sinned, committed no sin. He had never lied. No deceit was found in his mouth. People insulted, abused, reviled Christ, but he did not insult, abuse, revile them in return. Christ suffered, but he did not threaten. He let God, the one who judged rightfully, take care of him. He delivered and trusted himself to the one who judge, judges justly and rightly. Christ himself carried, bore our sins in his body on the cross, so we would stop living For dying to sin and start living for what is right, righteousness. And you are healed because of by his wounds. This is why when we get to this verse and it deals with Jesus being on the cross, it's giving you an example that when he was insulted, when he was being talked about, when he was being ridiculed, when they were coming against him, Jesus didn't do what they done. So this is what they're telling us in this world. These are some of the things that we're going to go through. 
But we got to follow his example. See, you cannot pull out a verse and use it and say, by his stripes, I were already healed. Go to that whole verse and see why Peter come to that verse. Why did Peter say this at the end? Because of some stuff that's left in the middle that he want us to grab hold to, to let us know, this is why I said what I said. He went to this cross for all of this that you're going through on your job, in your home, with your kids. People are going to talk about you. People are going to threaten you, but you don't threaten them. People are going to put you down. They're going to do all of these things, but follow Christ's example. Do what he done. He gives us grace to do it, y'all. We can't do this in, in the flesh. And that's what we have to do every day and say, God, I can't go out in my flesh. I got to go out in the spirit. And the only way you can go out in the spirit is through reading the Bible, the word of God. Let the word of God be your mirror. And you're going to get tried too. When you think you okay, somebody's going to try you. Somebody's going to lie on you. Somebody's going to say something that you know you didn't say. Somebody's going to talk about your children and you know that ain't true. Somebody going to say something or do something that's going to try to stir up that old man that's dead in you that left behind some habits. But immediately when you go into the word and you read what the word had to say, then guess what? That ain't going to bother you because you know who you are. You know what Christ done and you you're reminding yourself, this is who I am in him. He said, I'm going to go through persecution. I'm going to go through trials and tribulation, but I'm suffering for his sake because he already went through what I'm going through right now, but he got through it. Let's look at another one. First Timothy two, verse one through verse four. Y'all, if I'm giving you a lot of scriptures because I got happy when that word was hitting me, I said, I'm gonna hit you too. All us getting a taste of it. Isn't it good? First Timothy two, verse one through verse four. Let's see what Paul is telling Timothy here. I like this one. First of all, then I tell, urge, exhort you to pray for all people. Asking God for what they need and being thankful to him. Making petition, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving for all people. I want y'all to catch this. He said, I'm urging you. I'm exhorting you to pray for all people. That means save, unsave, everybody. We're supposed to pray for everybody, not just our family. We're supposed to have a heart of compassion for everybody. When God opens up our heart, we're supposed to pray for the president. We're supposed to pray for governors. We're supposed to pray for senators. I don't care if they're right or if they're wrong, you're supposed to pray for them. Because we're supposed to respect those that are in authority. The problem with America is if they don't like what a man is doing, they put that man down. That's not what Christians do. And for us to be Christians, no matter what man do that's in any office position, we're supposed to pray for them according to the word of God. Because they are in authority. And I'm going to tell you the word tell you why too. Isn't it good that he tell us why? He said, pray for rulers, kings, and for all who have authority. This is the key. So that we can have quiet and peaceful lives, full of worship and respect for God, and all godliness, dignity, and reverence. You know why? He, this is why. If we want to live a quiet and peaceful life, and I'm going to tell you why he's saying this. 
because the government has rule. The president has rule. Whoever's in authority have rule. And if you don't speak according to the word of God, they can make your life a living hell. And you will not live a quiet and peaceful life because it's going to be a lot of mess going on while us folks is talking against the president, talking against governors, talking against this one. Instead of asking the Holy Spirit, how do I pray? That's why you don't live a quiet and peaceful life. We given the enemy ammunition to whisper in whomever ear that's in office. And he's telling them, do this. Is it God's will? No, we gave him that. We're supposed to be praying. I don't know about you, but I want to live a quiet and peaceful life. So I'm going to lift up those that are in authority and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost because I don't know how to pray out in English like I should for those that are in authority because half of the stuff that they're doing, I don't even know. So God, you know what's going to take place. So I want to intercede on those that are in authority because I want to live a quiet and peaceful life. I don't care who it is. Every person that get in a seat, somebody got something to say. When Obama was in the seat, people had something to say. Trump is in the seat, people have something to say. If I got in the seat, y'all hate me too. (laughs) Calvin, is that bad? Is that a yes? It don't matter who get in the seat. We're going to find fault with somebody. But what we need to be doing is what the word of God is telling us to do. And I like verse four when it says three, this is good and it pleases. It's acceptable to God, our savior, who wants all people to be saved and to know the truth. How is anybody going to know the truth when we ain't living it, when we're not talking it? And we're so wrapped up in politics and we're so wrapped up in everything that they're doing, but we ain't wrapped up in what this word says. Everybody that get in the seat or whatever seat they hold is not perfect. They may be right in this area, but they're wrong in this area. You are not going to find a perfect man except God himself. So we need to quit putting stuff on Facebook, giving our little opinions, And we need to do what the word of God tell us to do. If you want to go on Facebook dealing with politics, put this hand up there and do this. And quit giving your opinion. You don't have to take up for no man in office. They're already in office. We got people fighting people. That's foolishness. That's not God. Jesus walked among the Pharisees and Sadducees. They was wrong. He gave truth. He stayed up and he was praying. But guess what? He did what the father told him to do. So this is what we have to do, y'all. We got to quit all this foolishness. Because the Bible tells us what we need to do and how we need to do it. This is why wars start. Because we start them. And we start them because we don't know what the word of God is saying. We need to keep our opinions to ourselves, And we need to hear what the spirit has to say with those that are in authority. Oh, I got some more scriptures for you. Julia, am I giving you too many? <laughs> look, 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 look. First Samuel 24, verse 3 through verse 7. First Samuel 24, verse 3 through verse 7. And I'm talking about David, 
who was getting ready to get into position to be king, the next king. In verse 3 it says, Saul came to the sheep pens, the foals beside the road along the way. A cave was there and he went in to relieve himself to cover his feet. Now David and his men were hiding far back in the inner recess of the cave. The men said to David, today is the day the Lord spoke of when he said, I will give your enemy over to you into your hands. Do anything you want with him. Deal with him as you wish, as is good in your eyes. Then David crept up to Saul and quietly, secretly cut off a corner, the border edge, the hem of Saul's robe. Later, David felt guilty. David's conscience bothered him. The heart mind of David struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, May the Lord keep, forbid, preserve me from doing such thing to my master. Saul is the Lord's appointed king, anointed. I should not do anything, raise, send my hand against him, because he's the Lord's appointed king, anointed. David used these words to stop, restrain, persuade, rebuke, scold his men. He did not let them attack Saul. Then Saul left the cave and went his way. Now look. Saul was wrong. Saul was out to kill David. He tried it many, many times. But David still held honor and respect for a man that wanted to kill him. Who does that? He did it because he recognized God appointed Saul for this position. And if God want to pull him out, it will be God that pull him out. But it won't be David. He felt so bad when he cut off his robe. That means when he cut that robe, he said, I'm taking your kingdom from you. But see, David was the next one in line anyway to be king. But it wasn't quite David. No, he was. Um, he, yeah, he was next in line to be king. But David was not trying to take Saul's place or take his life just to get in place. Because he knew what the word of God was saying. He still respected Saul. Then there come another time in 1 Samuel 26, verse 7 through 12. And it said, so, so that night David and Ab, Abish, Abishai went into Saul's camp amidst the army. Saul was asleep and within the middle circle ring of the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the army were sleeping around Saul. Ab, Abish, Abishai said to David, today God has handed Delivered your enemy over to you into your hand. Let me pin Saul to the ground with my spear. I will only have to do it once. I won't need to hit or strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, don't kill him. Destroy Saul. No one who can harm, raise a hand against the Lord's appointed king, anointed, and still be innocent without guilt. As surely as the Lord lives, the Lord himself will punish Saul. Maybe Saul will die naturally, his day to death will come, or maybe he will go into battle and be killed. But may the Lord keep me from forbid my harming, raising my hand against his appointed king anointed. Take the spear, the water jug that are near Saul's head, then let's go. So David took the spear and the water jug that was near Saul's head and they left. No one saw them or knew about it or woke up because the Lord had put them sound asleep, a deep sleep. For the Lord had fallen on them. That was the second time David had a chance to kill Saul. But what kept David from not killing Saul, he still said, God appointed him. 
and I'm not going to kill God's appointed. He said that either he died naturally, he was saying it's going to have to be this way or that way. And y'all know that Saul died, but it was not by the hand of David. What am I saying? He recognized who was in authority. He honored the one that was in authority. I remember y'all, I, I told y'all times on the job when um, I went through on the job and how God dealt with me so I can deal with others God's way. Did it hurt me to do that? Yes, it did. But I knew what the word of God was saying. And there was a time I remember I was on the switchboard and all of a sudden I could hear the spirit of the living God tell me to call my old boss. The, the boss I had, um, I end up with her position. And how I end up with her position, um, the CFO, yeah, the CFO said, I'm going to put someone in charge for a month. Let them be supervising. Whoever does the best job at supervising, then I would, you know, make them the supervisor of the office. But before she did all that, the boss that I had, she would do things wrongly, y'all. And everybody knew she would do things wrongly. So the CFO would call us in and find out what was going on in the office. So when it was my turn, I just went in there and I told it. Which I thought it was right. I thought I was doing something that was right. So one day I was sitting on the switchboard and my old boss, I had her position, had her same office that she had, everything. And the Holy Spirit began to talk to me about my old boss. And he began to remind me, and he took me way back and even took me to the day when I sat before that lady and was telling her the wrong things that my boss done. And he said, now where are you sitting? I was in the same office. The way I did my boss is the way I got done. And I didn't think I'd done anything wrong. I ended up calling her. She had left on another job. I called her, and I apologized. I said, what I've done to you was not right, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. God broke me down, y'all, to the point to bring me to where I am today. See, some people want to be in a position, but you can't even stay on a job for three, four hours without causing disturbance. Some people want to call themselves pastors and teachers and be a part of the fivefold, but everything that don't go the way you want it to go, you ready to give up, you ready to quit. But see, God got to break you to make you. And if he can't break you to make you, he can't put you where he wants you to be. So this is why we're supposed to wait on our ministries. Why do we have to wait? Because God want to see how we're respecting those that have rule over us. You cannot want people to respect you when you're not respecting others. And if you're not respecting others, you never respected God. Because when you submit and you yield to God, you can yield to people that are in authority. So if you find in yourself not submitting and not yielding to people that are in authority, because you're not yielding and submitting to God, and that's gospel. We done read it. Anybody that's always complaining about somebody telling you to do this, telling you to do that, they ain't doing this and they ain't doing that, it ain't about what they don't do. It's about you being obedient to what they're telling you to do. If they never come to work, whatever they leave for you to do, that's what you do. If they never make this one do nothing, you still do it. Jennifer knew on that job, they worked me. <laughs> they sat round while I was doing all the work. Those claims come from the floor up to the table. The girl sat right there with her mouth shut 
And I'm hearing her talk about me in the spirit. Yeah, we had to do it. Now let's see if you can do it. My eyes bucked. I said, her mouth ain't open. Is she talking about me? So later on, I went back to her desk and she was sitting at the desk and I told her, I said, I heard what you said. She said, huh? I said, I'm going to tell you exactly what you said. And tears start rolling down her eyes. But they wouldn't even let Jennifer help me. We're going to work her so hard and not even let Jennifer help her. And the people in the office told me what they said. But God, you know what God told me to do? He said, I want you to go around to everybody in this office. And I want you to apologize to them. And I want you to tell them if you've done anything to hurt them or done anything wrong to them, that you're sorry. I said, excuse me? I know I ain't hearing God. Because I ain't do nothing to these people. They done it to me. But I did it. And when I did it, this one girl out of the whole bunch spilled everything, <laughs> told everything. I said, don't matter. It don't matter. I'm just doing what I need to do. So what am I telling you? It don't matter how they do you. In the natural, yeah. But that's not who you are in the spirit. People are going to do you wrong on these jobs. They're going to overwork you. They're going to insult you. They're going to talk about you. And you can't even look at them for being saved. Because everybody that say Jesus don't know him yet. Because when you get to know him, you want to treat others like you want to be treated. You want to do others like you want to be. But when a person get used to being in that mode, they think they okay. So this is why we got to do this for that person. He said, pray for all those that are in authority. That's what God taught me on this job. And y'all, I didn't even realize that I was going to be teaching this today. But he taught me so I can teach you. But I'm seeing some churches are not teaching this. If you are taught these things, so many people won't stay in council all the time. Because you're being taught this in Bible study. You, you're being told how you're supposed to carry yourself as a child of God. And when you're taught these things, you have no excuse when you go show your tail. A lot of people showing their tail on these jobs. We don't supposed to do that. We're supposed to be totally different. Then we talked about why do we pay our taxes? The money you pay in taxes go to many places. It pays the salary of government workers. Your tax dollars also helps to support common resources, the police department, firefighters. The roads that you travel on, it maintains those roads. Taxes fund public libraries and parks. Taxes are also used to fund many types of government programs and help the poor and less fortunate as well as many schools. But people have abused what we pay taxes for. People have abused this. They, they take advantage of what's given to them. Th things that you get help you get on your feet. It don't help you stay in that predicament. Some people think, people owe me this. Nobody owe you nothing. The Bible said, oh, no man, nothing but to love them. And if we're children of God, we don't wait on nobody to do something for us. We give God glory and say, God, as long as breath is in my body, God, whatever I find my hands to do, I'm going to do it under you. And I'm not waiting on somebody to give me stuff. That's the wrong mentality. 
Because people are mad because they're paying their taxes and they're seeing young women laying around with men having babies and living off of your tax money. People ready to shoot people. Then you got old folks can't get number ten dollars in food stamps. Got older people, um, younger kids getting a thousand dollars for all these kids, and then these old people got ten dollars. This is foolishness. That's why we got to have classes for these young people to say, "Okay, they're giving you this, but don't stay in this situation." That's what make people mad, and then you see them just staying right there in that situation. Taking your tax money, getting your na- their nails done, you can't even get yours done. Getting their weave, you can't even buy no weave. And kids looking any kind of way. That's what makes people mad. Thank God for the word that we can stand on the word, right? We talked about why do we need government. Because if we didn't have the government laws and all of this, it would be chaos. It would be lawlessness. Y'all, it would be a total riot, wouldn't it? If we didn't have police officers, what y'all think would happen? If you didn't have state troopers, if you didn't have all of these officials that have authority and rule, what would y'all think would happen? It would be a lot of killing, more killing than what we're seeing. It would be so much going on. So we do need the government. And I like Judges 17.6. It says, in those days, there were no king in Israel. But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. We don't have government. And you don't have somebody that has rule over you that God put in authority. You're going to do what you think is right in your own eyes. This is why God put the fivefold in the church, praise God. (laughs) So they can bring you truth. So you can know the truth. And you can be free through the truth. But we know we got to continue in the truth. So this is why there is order. And in the house of God, in the churches of God, he has set it up for us to follow his order and his way of doing things. And the churches have gotten out the way by making man-made rules that do not line up with the word of God and people are confused. And this is why we're having these teachings on God's way of doing things, the patterns of God. That way you will know how things should be done according to the word of God. That's all the scriptures for tonight. I pray that you got all of them. If not, go back on um, the app. Get all of them and we will test on what you have so far. I just want to add some more so you can have, you know, some more on the test. That's so good, isn't it? You want it to be established by two or three witnesses. Amen. I gave you enough witness. To God be the glory. Is there anybody on tonight that want to share what they have learned so far through this teaching? So far what we have gotten? What touched you? What stood out for you? Don't come up all at once. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can have your turn. Come on, Jennifer. I only have to look. She coming. One of the things that stood out when we were going through what we were going through at work, um, I was going through personally, and instead of getting mad and taking revenge out on somebody, which is what flesh wants to do when somebody hurts you, 
because of what, you know, the God that was in her and, and even we weren't getting near what we're getting fed now, but still God was using her. And I knew, no, don't take revenge. Let God do it. God's vengeance is mine. And not that you want to see somebody, you know, but when somebody hurts you, flesh wants to like, yeah, get them, God. But when I let it go and didn't, didn't consider it anymore and just let it go. And so when the, by the time things come back around to them, you really kind of feel bad for them at that point because you've let it go and it ain't, it, it, it's not like a, it's not like an itch you want to scratch at that point. You've let it go and you've released it. And I didn't have that anger built up in me and I didn't have that hurt in me and people couldn't understand that. They'd look at me and say, what's wrong with you? Because you're not, you know, because we did what was right and because me and my family did what was right. They thought we were crazy. But in the long run, like I told my stepdaughter one time, I said, let me tell you something. I said, in your lifetime, if you have five friends, I mean true friends, that you can count on, you count yourself lucky. So do not burn any bridges if it's not necessary because you never know, you know, when, that, when you might need that person or you just, you know, you, you want that relationship with that person. And so I just thank God that because we've always stuck by that, you know, they, and it's not God putting judgment on them. They're bringing things upon their self. And, you know, you can't help that, but it takes it off of us. And it, it removes us of, of the position of, if I do bad to you, it's going to come back on me. You know, it might feel good for a little bit, but it's going to come back on me. But if I let it go and just release it, I'm good. And I'm free to heal and go on then. And we saw that in situation after situation after situation. Every time something would come up, instead of, I just learned, I'd be like, God, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'd just take it to him and not say nothing else. And I mean, boom, before he, he took care of it. He fixed it. And you knew it was God then. And that's just an awesome thing that grows your confidence in him. And um, to me, that was a big thing because even though, you know, you, I appreciated her ministering to me like she did, but it comes a time when you're glad that you, that you know that God can give it to you direct because I couldn't, I didn't want to, you know, you don't want to always have to call on somebody else. You want to know that you've got a direct connection. And that's the thing about God. When we build our relationship with him, I ain't got to worry about, oh, my God, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I can't call God. God's always up, and God's always anxious to hear about it. And God already knows what's going on, and he's got the answer. And God can, you know, her words were like salve to a wound. But when we hung up, you know, the enemy was right back at it again. But when I finally started, like, really knowing, okay, God, you can give me this, it, it, it enables you, it empowers you, and that's a good feeling. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Okay. We're going to have the deacon to come up, the deacons at this time, and we're going to do our offering. And Do we have any announcements? That's the next thing.